0: East Lansing. This is City Pulse on the air. Joining you now, your editor-in-chief of the Lansing City Pulse, Burl Schwartz.
1: Hello again, this is Burl Schwartz talking. Books will no doubt be written about just the month of January. Today we've assembled a local panel to discuss one facet of it all, the politics of this pivotal month. Joining us are MSU Economics Professor Charlie Ballard, State Senator Curtis Hertel Jr., a Democrat from East Lansing, City Pulse columnist Kyle Malin of the Capital News Service Mirrors, and Steve Tobackman, co-director of the Michigan Political Leadership Program at uh, Michigan State University. Gentlemen, thank you all for joining me. We're all well aware of the war between the parties, but I'd like to start by addressing the brewing war within the Democratic Party between progressives and more mainstream leaders. The factions successfully worked together last year to pull off a strong victory for the Biden-Harris ticket, but reports out of Washington indicate this truce is ending. The dividing line seems to be whether to compromise with Republicans. So let's start with that. Is compromise in Washington a vice or a virtue today? Senator Hertel, let's start with you, please.
2: Well, in fairness, I think that the answer is, is both. Um, at the end of the day, um, if you wanna accomplish big things, oftentimes compromise is needed. And in the reality, there are both uh, progressive Democrats and fairly conservative Democrats in this in the US Senate and so uh, the only way things get done is to have compromise So what I've, what I've always said as a legislator is that if you're completely unwilling to compromise then you're kind of a clown uh, because you don't accomplish anything while you're there um, you make a lot of good arguments you give a lot of good speeches but but you don't actually accomplish things for people On the other side of that if you're willing to, sell out your values or sell out who you are uh then you're pretty much just a whore and at that point um uh you are in fact worse than a clown because you actually are willing to actually give up on the things that you actually firmly believe in so there are some things um that i don't think you can compromise on i don't think we can compromise on the fact that we believe that healthcare care is a right i don't think we can compromise on our uh, values that uh, people have a right to their own body, um, that, uh, that people should be able to live uh, no, no matter who they are, um, no matter what race, color, creed, sexual orientation, they get to be who they are and live out loud who they are. Um, those are all things that are fundamental values that we hold but the individual details of how legislation works is rarely based just on values, it's based on details. And for those things, you need to actually compromise sometimes. So I, I think there has to be a balance in, in how you look at it. And I think that, that oftentimes uh, in politics today, we too often ask questions like that as if there is a is a definitive answer one way or the other, Right? that, 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 that the only solution is no compromise or all compromise and i think that the world is too complicated to answer uh that kind of question and i think that in reality uh we have a responsibility to work together to get what's best done for people uh while maintaining our firm belief in what that what those answers are
1: steve sabachman you uh uh, you lead an org, co-lead an organization that is trying to teach uh, future political leaders how to uh, behave, how to get things done. Where does compromise fit into that?
3: I mean, first of all, I really echo uh, Senator Hertel's comments um, that it's not an either-or. But I, I, I I'm going to put in a stronger vote for compromise. Um, the reality is that there are many views in our country. We're a big, diverse country uh, with all kinds of people in it. It's our strength. And there's um, some very different views about the role of government in our country. Um, The reality is that I think I, I, as a very progressive person and somebody who I think uh, Kyle and I often joke that I think I was voted two or three times the most uh, liberal member of the state legislature during my six years there. um, uh, I believe that, you know, I'm very, I, I, my life is designed about accomplishing those progressive goals. But I believe in a two party system and in compromise as critical to achieving those goals. And I think that there are many folks who have different uh, ideological views than me, conservatives, who feel the same way and participate in the Michigan Political Leadership Program, uh, a bipartisan political leadership training program. Um, I believe right now, I spend most of my time working not on federal policy, but on immigration as an economic strategy for our region and state. And uh, I care uh, a lot about our nation's immigration laws. Um, I think that um, uh, I wanna accomplish a lot of progressive good with those laws, but that needs to be done through compromise in a bipartisan situation. It serves nobody to have an issue that uh, every four years as we get a new person in the White House, we completely alter the quality fabric of people's lives, of businesses hiring decisions, uh, of our local policies around policing and education and healthcare around immigration because we haven't solved this massive issue in our country. And I think that there is a way to compromise on issues like that uh, that move us forward and that provide some stability and some long-term solutions. I believe that the best things I ever did in the legislature were times that I had to sit down with my Republican colleagues. I served when I was in the minority in my chamber. I always served with the Republican Senate, but I also served as the majority floor leader in, in the majority. And uh, the legislation that we passed, whether it was about Utility regulation and uh, the uh, environmental issues around that were best, uh, hap- uh, the best quality legislation, not in the ones that I got my way every single time, but in the ways where there was a started, uh, other side of the eye pushing back against us and uh, uh, learned to work together to figure out uh, how we could both get uh, as much as what we wanted and with the least amount of costs about the things we didn't want.
1: I wanted to ask Charlie Ballard, uh, uh, who wrote a column for us about uh, where uh, he thinks Biden needs to go with the economy, Uh, where do you see room for compromise that still accomplishes enough good to uh, make uh, these efforts worthwhile?
0: Well, I think we're going to see uh, in the next uh, uh, in the coming weeks and months, uh, uh, we'll learn a lot about whether compromise is possible in Washington. Uh, The Democrats now have control of White House, Senate and um, House of Representatives in Washington, but the, the margins are razor thin. And and you you opened this program, Burl, by talking about divisions within the Democratic Party. Uh, you know, Alexandria or Ocasio Cortez and Joe Manchin are both members of the Democratic Party, but they are fairly far apart on a lot of issues. But, you know, it's not just the Democrats. Uh, in fact, more attention recently, because of the events of January 6th, has been f- focused on the um, tensions within the Republican Party. Uh, uh, Mitt Romney and Josh Hawley are both members of the same party, but they're uh, often, uh, they fall uh, in different places on many issues. Um, it, the, um, one of the problems with compromise is compromise, like like lots of things takes two. And I think one of the pieces of reluctance among many progressive Democrats is that they didn't see the Republicans willing to compromise very much. And so why should we compromise? Uh, I'm hoping that we can uh, get um, some that the cool heads will prevail in in the weeks to come. I think Joe Biden certainly I mean, his his whole campaign was was uh, based on lowering the temperature, working across the aisle, he's certainly going to try. And I think that there is a real possibility that we might get essentially the, the, that the, there's a governing coalition that's that's uh, run by um, uh, the, the uh, Problem Solvers ca- uh, Caucus, that, that that could happen. I think where, where the rubble, rubber will meet the road in the next few weeks is how much of this stimulus package that... Biden has proposed how much of that will uh, get passed into law. I think that there is gonna be some compromise that the full $1.9 trillion will not be passed, but uh, I am hopeful that Republicans will be willing to work in a constructive manner such that some of the most important parts of it are passed. My, my own concern uh, about it is I want the, uh, the funds to be as tar- targeted as well as possible first two rounds of stimulus, the full amount of the stimulus uh, check um, went to households with incomes as high as $150,000. Now, maybe you think that households with $150,000 are are really struggling to get by, but I, I think that a lot of that money was was not well targeted. I'd like it to be much more targeted on those who really, really need it. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think we're going to learn a lot in the next weeks.
1: to City Paul here on 89FM, The Impact. I'm Burl Schwartz, who has to learn to remember to turn on his microphone. Uh, Kyle, I, it, we live in a, a greater metro area split uh, uh, over two congressional districts, one represented by a, a Republican who was hardcore uh, uh, concerning the, uh, Trump uh, Trump's uh, belief that he was fairly elected and, uh, and the other represented by a, a compromised Democrat, I think it's safe to say. What are, you, what are your thoughts uh, uh, based on these two congressional districts that you cover at times on whether compromise is really going to happen?
4: Well, I think for the Democrats' benefit, I think that it does have to happen. But I think it's harder than usual just because of how split the country is. And not just how split, but how passionately people are believing in what they believe in. I think social media in particular has empowered individuals to state their opinions in a more visceral way than maybe they've had in the past. I think they are more involved and active, just not necessarily in politics, but in the way they believe. And I think that there's a lot of talking in what people feel and not a lot of listening. And sometimes compromise in those words becomes a a dirty word. It's, It's like watching a football game and the game ends in a tie. Nobody wants to see a tie. Um, even if uh, both teams did a really good job, uh, they want to see their side win and they want to see their side win all the time. And when the Democrats now are in the majority of, of uh, you know, they have the control of the federal government outside of the Supreme Court right now, uh, they're going to want, uh, their, their base is going to want changes and they're going to want them fast and they're going to want them now. Um, but the problem with that is, is that there's always another election coming up And I think the Obama first two years should probably show them if you go too fast and too hard too soon, you're gonna really get crushed in the next election. And uh, I know Senator Hertel uh, would really like to uh, leave a majority for his friends in the state Senate when he's term limited. Uh, But if uh, Biden starts doing Green New Deal and um, starts closing off pipelines, uh, it's only going to excite Republicans and get them out to vote and uh, we could see a backlash election, which is not uncommon in the first midterm election from a first year of a president. So, so to answer your question, I think compromise has to happen. I think it deflates Republican enthusiasm. Um, and as much as President Biden and the Democrats um, want to um, uh, maybe uh, take out their pound of flesh on Republicans, it's probably wiser for them and probably makes a lot more sense to find as much compromise as possible and play the long game as opposed to the short game, because I think it will help them in the long term.
1: And uh, Senator, we'll get to you in a second, but Steve Backman uh, raised a question in our chat group here. Uh, Steve, if you want to uh, tell us about that.
3: Well, I mean, I think uh, as Charlie was speaking, I I identify that, you know, as I said, I'm an advocate for compromise, but I think the real question is whether or not, um, you know, you have a 20 years ago that would, you know, that would be easy. We'd be talking about, do you move to the extremes or do you work with the minority? But right now we have you know, uh, I would say over 100 members of the Congress and several in the, a couple in the Senate that um, wanna deny the actual legitimacy of the election um, that seemingly are willing to um, change the norms uh, by stonewalling Obama's nomination of uh, Merrick Garland for over a year, and yet rush through in a matter of like six weeks, Amy Coney Barrett's. And so if you don't, if the other side is not genuinely at the table, Um, uh, uh, working with you to solve problems, then, you know, it's not clear that you can compromise and I'm not sure what the best strategy. Having gone through this myself, um, you know, when we took the majority in the 07, 08 session, uh, we had a huge budget uh, 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 deficit and uh, we, you know, locked ourselves in the Capitol uh, and tried to negotiate. And we had, unfortunately, uh, a minority party in the house that absolutely refused to come to a meeting I'm not talking like they came to the meeting and they were obstreperous or that they were lobbing bombs in public that I understand all of that. They literally would not sit in a table with us to talk through a compromise between spending cuts and tax increases. Um, And when that is happening, you know, simply wire that to me is not even doing your job. Um, Yeah, You know, it really I don't know how we're going to get through this period. Um, I wish it were as easy as saying, you know, um, uh, how do we move progressive uh, values best by either sticking to our guns or softening on some issues and getting legislation through with Republican support. But I think it's much more complex because it's gotten so partisan um, that we have folks who are trying to uh, create fiction, so unrest and uh, deny the election.
1: That's interesting. I mean, even uh, in, uh, during the Vietnam War, at least both sides came to a table after they argued over whether it should be round or rectangular. You can't even get them to the table. Senator Hertel, you had uh, some comments.
2: Well, first of all, and I, and I want to say I have enormous amount of respect for Kyle, uh, but I think that um, he's wrong in the sense that uh, Democrats lost uh, the Obama reelect because he went too far uh i think that that is a uh really a a, in my opinion a misunderstanding of what happened um democrats ran away from their successes um so obamacare uh is incredibly popular now it was incredibly popular when the president ran for reelection, but most democrats ran against obamacare or against the successes of it uh after that election sometimes when things are pulling poorly um, that means you need to turn up your message, not turn it down. And I think that, that Democrats failed to celebrate their own successes. At the end of the day, um, people want elected you for a reason. When Democrats get elected, we should still act like Democrats, and we should be proud of what we actually accomplished, and we should push uh, to explain those things to the American people and and push them. But I think that was the failure of President Obama, because when he ran when he ran for re-election and pressed on Obamacare hard, it was enormously popular, and he won in a relatively easy election. It was Democrats that ran away from I think the successes that actually uh, didn't accomplish that. So I think that that the answer is is that if you have a side that's willing to compromise, you absolutely can work together and try to get things done. If not, the president I would hope would take a uh, example from Governor Whitmer who when the legislative Republicans here have refused to negotiate, uh, she has held a strong stance and done what she thinks is right. And I think that at the point where um, you have executive orders and other tools in the federal government, um, if there is an inability to compromise, there is an inability to work together for the betterment of the American people, then the president should should take a strong stance and do uh, what he thinks is right for the American people. And then Democrats need to stand up and try to sell it and that's where I think that we failed when it came to President Obama. We did the the right things, and then after that, refused to actually defend those things and and celebrate the successes of the American people.
0: Professor Ballard? Yeah, I'd like to uh, um, chime in with uh, in agreement with uh, what Senator Hertel is saying. The first law Signed in to the first bill signed into law by Barack Obama was the Lilly Ledbetter Fair Pay Act of, of 2009. Uh, Lilly Ledbetter was a, uh, a woman working for Goodyear Tire and Rubber in Gadsden, Alabama. She discovered that she had been a victim of very serious gender discrimination. She sued. She won. Then there was an uh, appeals all the way up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court, using uh, some remarkably fanciful logic, uh, ruled against her. And so the Ledbetter Fair Pay Act was the one that clarified the, the law. All 35 Republican men in the Senate voted against it. That should have been something that Barack Obama referred to every day for the rest of his time. He dropped it. He just didn't celebrate that success and paint the other side as uh, in, in favor of discrimination, which they were. Um, on the other side though, uh, it, regarding uh, the Affordable Care Act, uh, Mitch McConnell, how many times did you hear Mitch McConnell on national TV say, Massive government takeover of healthcare, or well, actually, he said massive government takeover of healthcare, but uh, uh, he's he just found his message and he said it again and again and again, knowing that it was a lie that it was not a massive government takeover of healthcare. But the Republicans, I think, have been better at staying on message than the Democrats. We'll see whether Joe Biden and others will do a better job.
1: Uh- the uh, uh, thank you professor the poet uh, Amanda Gorman uh, who spoke at the inauguration uh, it, it said uh, somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken but simply unfinished and uh, we ha- in the five minutes or so we have left I, I'd be interested in your thoughts and what she meant and whether you agree with that uh, Professor Ballard uh, you can keep the floor
0: well, uh, and I want to give time for the others, so I'll try to be brief, but you know, we have changed our political institutions over time. 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments gave uh, rights to African-Americans that didn't exist before. 19th Amendment allowed women to vote. Well, I think that there are more things that we can do. Uh, I'm very proud of what the people of Michigan did two years ago in passing uh, the redistricting reform. And in 2022, we will, be, we will not be uh, having our elections in gerrymandered districts, I, at least I think. Uh, I believe that that would be a big improvement because gerrymandering uh, empowers the extremes of both parties because the, the primary voter tends to be more ideological than the average. Um, I, another one that I would go for would be, um, one of the reasons that passions are so high about the Supreme Court nominations, which Steve Tabachman uh, uh, mentioned, is that it's a lifetime appointment? Uh, so thus, Amy Coney Barrett might be on the bench for forty years. Um, I think I would like to see those terms shortened. You don't want to be them, have them very short, because you want there to be some insulation for the judicial branch. But maybe a term of fourteen years, and then and then you're done. Interesting, uh,
1: uh, Steve Sabahn. Your thoughts on what the poet Amy Gorman said?
3: Well phenomenal and inspiring. And, um, you know, it provides me hope. Um, I think we are all challenged by this moment. Um, It's bizarre, Uh, it's surreal to live through um, something that is, in terms of uh, testing our democracy, hasn't happened since the Civil War. Uh, Just this morning, I read some of the accounts of Uh, a number of members of Congress who were, you know, sort of barricading the door in the chamber um, and uh, how they were thinking uh, emotionally, mentally on their uh, training uh, at wars overseas and, uh, you know, in the Marines and in special forces and those kinds of things. And um, and yet, you know, hours later, um, you had a number of members uh, suggest with, after 50 plus court cases, That the results of the election were not fair, and the reality is that is I'm not sure you know I don't know what the right answer is to that, but it really does uh, suggest like is it right to you know what legitimacy do they have to uh, participate in in the governance if they don't think that it's uh, if they think it's all been fraudulent? Um, Now I think it's it's like climate change denial Um, it. It just is not bared, borne out by fact. In that you know, uh, the percentage, the evidence is overwhelming, and we have systems, we have courtrooms, we have processes that people could uh, raise these claims. Um, and the reality is, when you look at it, it's not because they didn't have standing. There was all the money and the incentive in the world to pursue these claims, and yet uh, they, they're not uh, around with a shred. And you see, so many are patently false, and so widely. Uh, redistributed so I'm not sure how to deal with it and I thought the poem um, you know connects us with our values connects us uh, with a vision and with hope and um, that's as concrete as I have right now on how we move forward uh, as a country uh, outside of the work that we do at MPLP every every year to bring 12 Democrats and 12 Republicans together that also gives me hope all right I Uh, think the we move forward is tough
1: all right, Kyle Malin, uh, you're a journalist. Uh, from what you've observed in the last couple, four years, are we broken or are we just unfinished?
4: Well, I think broken is a is a strong word because the democracy still stands. Um, I, I, I just think that, I, I just go back to the partisanship um, angle and how divided, I think, and stuck in our ways uh, we are. You know, I, when I mentioned that, Compromise uh, is going to be necessary for Democrats. I, I think that as far as the um, as far as Democrats want to pursue an agenda that isn't going to inflame opposition and deepen that divide, um, I think that that's going to help secure their long term success in these positions. I mean, doing things like uh, making Puerto Rico a state or um, expanding the Supreme Court to a couple more members, I think that's going to encourage Republicans and. And continue the ball rolling, even though their main bullhorn is no longer in office. Um, the kind of things that will continue to keep them motivated. Um, you know, Trump may not have social media right now, uh, but um, they will be very excited if uh, they start seeing what they think is Democrats um, taking advantage of a situation and uh, exerting authority. Um, and Playing by rules they don't think is fair. And, you know, they could always make up their own things. We, we saw this last election. But what I'm saying is that to contribute to that, I think will only deepen the divide.
1: Uh, and I want to give uh, Senator
2: Hertel the last word. Broken or unfinished? Well, America's always been a beautiful but broken promise. I mean, you look at the beginning, uh, the founding documents, saying uh, all men are created equal, but living in a world where some men owned other men and that women certainly weren't. And it took us almost a century to end slavery, and then another half a century to give women the right to vote, and then another 40 years to the Civil Rights Movement another 30 years to marriage equality we have always been a a, a mission a a, a pro a mission towards a promise of uh you know the arc of uh justice bends uh, the, the, the arc of history bends towards justice i believe that very strongly that is America uh we've taken some detours along the way we had the detours of Jim crow We've had the detours of what I think of this last four years, but America has always, always, eventually gotten back onto this path. And so, yes, I think the promise uh, is still broken, but I have faith in the hope of what was originally created, as flawed as it was.
1: A good note to end on. Uh, I want to thank all of you. Uh, Steve Tabachman, the co-director of the Michigan Political Leadership Program, Uh, uh, Professor uh, Charlie Ballard from Michigan State University, who has a wonderful uh, column in City Pulse, this week and uh, what needs to be done about the economy. Kyle Malin, who writes weekly for City Pulse and uh, knows all things political. And I have to say, Kyle, I've only known you 25 years. I still don't know how you vote. You (laughs) are the consummate reporter. Uh, And uh, Curtis Hertel Jr., senator for another two years uh, from uh, East Lansing. Thank you all for being on City Pulse, and thank our listeners. We'll be back for, with a new program next week. Take care, everybody.